Georgia's DBHDD is urging people to store and lock away all medications to prevent theft and keep them away from children and pets. Old medications can be disposed at Dropbox locations. Dropbox locations can be found at opioidresponse.info. Welcome to the Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Tuesday, April 11th. I'm Peter Biello. On today's episode, Atlanta will not be the host of the 2024 Democratic National Convention. A new program is looking to address the nursing shortage in Georgia, and a top women's college basketball player is being honored in her hometown of Savannah. These stories and more are coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. The Democratic National Committee has chosen Chicago over Atlanta for its 2024 convention site. As GPB's Stephen Fowler reports, it's the second setback for Georgia Democrats seeking more national prominence in 2024. Chicago is a Democratic city in a Democratic state with a billionaire governor offering to foot the bill for the fall convention. Georgia Democrats pitched Atlanta as a convention-worthy city with an important civil rights history, sizable non-white voter population, and key swing state to win in 2024. The news comes as Georgia is likely to lose out on an earlier spot in the Democratic primary calendar, too. Even though the party approved an overhaul of early states, the Georgia Secretary of State's office says Georgia will not hold two separate primaries, with Republicans keeping their current calendar. For GPB News, I'm Stephen Fowler. Governor Brian Kemp announced today an auto parts manufacturer will create at least 180 new jobs in southeast Georgia's Liberty County. Sohan Auto Georgia plans to invest more than $72 million in a new manufacturing facility. The South Korean company is a parts supplier for Hyundai. Hyundai officially broke ground last year on its $5.5 billion electric vehicle factory in neighboring Bryan County. Nurses are the foundation of hospital care. In Georgia, they are also increasingly in short supply. To take up the slack, many hospitals rely on expensive traveling nurses. A new program in southwest Georgia is aimed at cutting those costs by encouraging student nurses to live and one day work where they're trained. GPB's Sophie Gratis reports. Away from the stressors of a real emergency room, a group of nurses at Phoebe Putney Memorial Hospital in Albany are huddled and prepping for their next patient, Mr. Sherman Yoder. Um, He's 80-year-old. He's a type 2 diabetic. He's normally healthy, alert, and active until he developed a pressure ulcer on his great toe about five weeks ago. Mr. Yoder isn't a real person. He lives in Phoebe Putney's simulation lab, a space where nurses can complete essential training with lifelike mannequins. First and foremost, talk to your patient. He's going to talk to you and you'll have some fun, okay? In the lab, preceptors watch and pretend to be the patient from behind a two-way mirror. How's your pain today with your foot? Oh, my toe's sore. Okay. Tracy Suber is the vice president of education at Phoebe Putney. She says the $5 million simulation lab is a long-term investment. By being able to train nursing students at the hospital, Phoebe hopes they're one step closer to recruiting them after graduation. You know, we're starting to see um, the pipeline is there because we built it. Although national workforce estimates point to a gradually closing gap between supply and demand of nurses, Georgia is expected to see a 21% shortage of registered nurses by 2035. This year, Phoebe broke ground on another investment in the hospital's workforce, a multi-million dollar expansion to a local technical college. The building will have 80 apartments for nursing students from Albany Technical College. They'll live above a floor of classrooms, labs, and offices right across the street from Phoebe Putney. Scott Steiner's office looks out over the worksite. It's going to be three stories. 
uh, and then you'll have this common area, be some picnic tables and benches. It's gonna be a lot, a lot more activity than there is today. Steiner is the president of the Phoebe Putney Health System. As he puts it, the project is well worth the cost. So uh, this project is about $55 million. Last year we spent $100 million on contract nurses. About $225 an hour per nurse, he estimates. That's between four and five times more than the average hourly pay for a non-traveling registered nurse in Georgia. Steiner says healthcare has always struggled, but COVID-19 created even bigger gaps between supply and demand. In order to do what we do, we, uh, we have to contract for staff that doesn't live in our community. Most don't even live in the state of Georgia. Instead of 300 contract nurses. We want 300 nurses that live in our community, go to our churches, shop at our stores, uh, buy houses, raise families. Lisa Stevens is the dean of the nursing program at Albany Tech. She says close to 90% of the students she enrolls end up working at Phoebe. But her aim is to grow the program to 200 graduates annually, 10 times as many compared to some years. And she has a good idea of the challenges in the way. We really look at why we um, aren't able to attract as many from the more rural areas of our service delivery area and transportation tends to be one. She expects students living maybe 40 or 50 miles away will be more likely to enroll at the college if they can live and study in the same place. And maybe one day they can get a job there too. It's right across the street. I can't stress that enough. Tracy Suber at Phoebe Putney says something like what they're calling the living and learning community would have been really helpful when she first started in healthcare. I was 20 when I started. I lived at home. I didn't have access to all these resources and good grief. I would have really appreciated it. It's the kind of support Suber and others hope will keep newly trained nurses in southwest Georgia. The new housing project is slated to open in 2024. For GPB News, I'm Sophie Gradas. The United Campus Workers of Georgia at Georgia Gwinnett College in Lawrenceville, northeast of Atlanta, demonstrated today to demand more money for the state's colleges and more faculty at GGC. The demonstration came as the school broke ground on its new convocation center. Jill Penn is co-president of United Campus Workers of Georgia and an associate professor of biology. If we have that little bit of extra money for this building, we shouldn't be spending it on that. We should be you know, focusing on our students and having reasonable workloads so that we can teach these students. A spokesperson for Georgia Gwinnett College says the Convocation Center is built with mostly state funds and some private donations. Georgia State University students both inside and outside of prison will soon begin working on a new literary journal featuring the work of incarcerated people. GPB's Grant Blankenship has more. Beyond Bars will be edited by a team of seven, four Ph.D.-level creative writing students and three students in Georgia State University's prison education program at Phillips State Prison. GSU professor and poet Beth Gillis will lead the team. She says she hopes to make it easy to submit work like poetry, fiction, rap lyrics, and visual art to the journal. We're going to accept mail-in submissions. We're going to accept handwritten submissions, which most journals are just not equipped to do. So it's, you know, we're hoping that that's going to sort of open some doors for people who wouldn't normally have those doors open for them. Beyond Bars will be printed and then distributed to prisons, libraries, bookstores, and subscribers starting January of 2024. For GPB News, I'm Grant Blankenship in Macon. Among the Guggenheim Fellows announced this week are four based in Georgia. The prestigious fellowship gives artists, writers, and scholars a cash award to support their work. Georgia Fellows are Sonia Hurt, Hughes Professor in Landscape Architecture and Planning at the University of Georgia, 
Andrew Herrod, human geographer and political economist at the University of Georgia, and visual artists Jiha Moon of Doraville and Erin Jane Nelson of Stone Mountain. Nelson says in the art world, it's really difficult to know when you've moved from emerging to mid-career stage. And so for me, this feels like really good confirmation that I've achieved a new level of stability as an artist. This year's 171 fellows were selected from almost 2,500 applicants. An intersection in Savannah will be renamed after a top women's college basketball player who hails from the city. GPB's Benjamin Payne reports. Louisiana State University guard Flage Johnson will be honored later this year in her hometown of Savannah. She helped lead LSU to its first NCAA tournament championship earlier this month, beating the University of Iowa 102-85. Facilitating again, Flage Johnson lays it in, plus the foul on Caitlin Clark. Johnson was voted this past season as the top freshman in the Southeastern Conference. She's also a prolific rapper, rising to prominence on the TV show America's Got Talent before her college basketball career began. Some of Johnson's songs call for an end to gun violence, an issue especially personal to her as her father, also a rapper, was murdered before she was born. For GPB News, I'm Benjamin Payne in Savannah. The Atlanta Dream added three players to its roster last night in the WNBA draft. With the sixth overall pick, the Dream selected Haley Jones from Stanford. Jones was the 2021 Final Four Most Outstanding Player. And with the eighth overall pick, the team added South Carolina forward Letitia Amahir. In the second round, the Dream picked Leah Brown, a guard from the University of Michigan. Also in the WNBA draft, South Carolina forward Victoria Saxton, who is from Rome, Georgia, went to the Indiana Fever in the third round. When wild pigs are relocated, where do they go? And how far do they travel? These are the questions researchers at the University of Georgia sought to answer in their new study published last month in the journal Scientific Reports. Wild pigs are often illegally relocated for hunting. They could damage crops and carry diseases. To conduct the study, researchers fitted some wild pigs with GPS collars and moved them several miles away, then tracked where they roamed. They found that the pigs moved for miles in a short amount of time and often found each other and formed social groups. Most pigs did not return to where they were initially picked up by researchers. The study's authors say the information gathered is helpful for developing a response to new introductions of pig populations. And that is a wrap on today's edition of Georgia Today. We do appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. Subscribe to this podcast and we will be right there waiting for you in your podcast feed tomorrow afternoon. If you've got feedback for us, please do send it our way. The email address is georgiatoday at gpb.org. And if you like this podcast, leave a review because that will help other folks find us. I'm Peter Biello. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.